think it's helpful to put ourselves in the, in the place of the apostles as we celebrate this Feast of the Resurrection. Um, the first reading kind of highlights the fact that this happened 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, right? And those 40 days weren't just like, they, were, they weren't just hanging out. Jesus was intentional about continuing to preach, continuing to confirm and, and show proofs about why, why he had to rise from the dead, continuing to heal people, continuing to work miracles. These were like a, a jam-packed 40 days. And he's telling his apostles, like, you're going to be my witnesses to all the world, not just to Jerusalem, not just to Judea, but to everywhere. I'm going to send you to proclaim the gospel to every creature, no matter what. This is what we're going to do. And then, almost like it seems like very quickly and very suddenly, then he's gone. He's taken from their sight. So put yourself in the feet of the apostles, who they had experienced his death and his resurrection from the dead, they, the, the sadness, the, the whirlwind of emotions that is. And then they're with him for 40 more days, and then almost like unexpectedly, gone. They're, he's taken from their sight, almost like very simply and very, um, yeah, without a whole, I mean, the angels were there, but it just kind of seems like he vanished from their sight. And as an apostle, like, it, it might, I mean, my, what comes to mind is, okay, you just said you're going to be with me always. You said we're going to do all these things. All these awesome miracles are going to happen. And then you leave. Like, okay, what, what happened? I feel like I missed something. Why did you leave? Why did Jesus say, I'm going to be with you always, and then vanish from their sight? I think in that, he's teaching them and us both a very important lesson and then a challenge that follows from that lesson. See, Jesus knew, as long as he, and we're kind of like this, it's human nature, we cling to what we can see and touch. We cling to the physical, right? If I have somebody, like a friend or a spouse or whatever, they're with me, I know they're with me, I can see them, I can touch them. And when they're not with me, when they're off somewhere else, I know they're not with me. They're over there. And if they're over there, that means they're not here. Jesus knew that the apostles, we, we, they, we cling to what is physical. As long as Jesus was physically with them, they would, be, he would know, they would know that he was with them when he was actually with them. When he was somewhere over there, it's, they would subconsciously know he's not with me because he's over there. How can Jesus be with all of us always if he's at one place at one time over there? If he's going to fulfill his words, his promise to the apostles and to us to be with us always, everywhere, no matter what, something's got to change with how he's with us. So he's inviting us to actually, by his ascension, he's fulfilling the promise to actually be able to be with us. Because while he's not with us physically, He's with us in a much more intimate, a much more personal, and a much more real way, actually, by being spiritually with us. By the power of his spirit, Jesus, by his ascension, is able to be with us in a much more powerful way than when he was physically there. And Mark, at the end of the gospel, shows this, because after Jesus ascended, the apostles went and did all these awesome signs that Jesus said he was going to do. Healings, protection. Powerful words, conversions were happening. And the apostles knew, like, they can't do this. The apostles, Peter, they all knew, like, I can't heal. But Mark says, very, very plainly and very tellingly, that the Lord worked with them and confirmed the words by the signs that accompanied it, right? The apostles knew, this wasn't them. This is Jesus, like, keeping his promise. He really is with me. He really is working through me. He's not physically here, but he's still very much really and spiritually here. 
His words are able to be fulfilled by the ascension. By going, Jesus makes the promise to each one of us as well, I really will be with you always, no matter what. That's the way, this is the way he's able to fulfill that promise. So it's actually the culmination of all the words that Jesus was preparing to go out, and I'm going to be with you always, and then now I really am. It takes a spiritual vision to see it, but I really am with you always. And then so that happens, and whether or not they realized it, um, I'm inclined to say no because of the question that the angel asked the apostles. I think that's the challenge that comes to us. Jesus goes up, he disappears, and the angels who appeared ask the men of Galilee, what are you doing standing there looking up at the sky? Didn't you, you can almost like hear the question behind the question. Like, didn't you hear all the things he just told you? Didn't you see all that he did in the last 40 days? All the things that he was encouraging you to do? Like, why are you standing here just looking up at the sky? He's with you. Go and do what, what, what you together said that he was going to do. It's very easy. I put myself in this category very, very easily. It's easy to just stay standing there looking up at the sky instead of moving with the invitation, the prompting that God puts on our hearts. How many times are we moved by something in our prayer? Are we moved by something in Mass? Or something strikes us? We feel the need, I need to reach out, to, I, need, I should reach out and see how this person's doing. How many times do we feel these little promptings of our hearts, very little, oftentimes very small things, we don't act on it. We just, so to speak, just kind of stay standing there looking up at the sky. The, 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 the call of God in our life, a lot of times very subtle. A lot of times it may not look like healing people by laying hands on them and drinking deadly things and it won't hurt us and picking up serpents with our hands. I'll never do that. It's a lot more subtle nowadays, it seems like. These little promptings that God puts on our heart. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should go to pray. Maybe I should try to, oh, this thing struck me at Mass. I should go back and, and reread that scripture. I should tell somebody about that. Those little, very simple things that's actually the continuation of what Jesus wants to do with the apostles. The continual spreading of his word, both more deeply in our own hearts and spreading it to those that we encounter. It's, very, it's way easier to just stay standing there looking up at the sky. If you take a little ember, for example, you take a little ember, and if I put it right there on the ground, it's going to eventually go out. There's nothing to catch it, there's nothing to spread, it's, eventually it's going to grow cold. I think those promptings of our hearts are a lot like a little ember. If I just sit on it and do nothing with it and don't put it in a spot where it can catch, it, it, going to go out. We've all experienced that without shame. Like God has asked me to, I feel like I've had movements in my heart that I haven't acted upon and that ember has grown cold. But a little ember, if I put it on a pile of hay or something, that's going to catch. That's going to spread. One thing lights another. One thing lights another. One thing lights another. That's how a fire started. So many of these blazing fires, all, they all started very small. They don't start, a huge fire doesn't just appear out of nowhere. It always starts very, very small. The movement of God on our hearts is like that ember. We can't just stay standing there looking up at the sky. There's a movement, there's, a, there's a, an invitation from God on our hearts to take a step of faith and a step of trust because he said, I'm with you always. It's not your words, but I need you to be my vehicle in the world now. 
Because I'm with you always, because I'm not physically here, you have to be me, so to speak. You have to be Jesus. St. Teresa of Avila, she's a 16th century Carmelite nun. She has a beautiful quote where she says that Christ has no hands in this world but yours. Christ has no feet in this world but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ looks upon the world. Yours is the mouth with which Christ speaks to the world. Because he's ascended, because now he's with us always, he needs us to be his presence in the world. That's why he he formed the church. He needed people to be able to proclaim his message so that he could be working with us in confirming all that we do, all that he's done, as we spread the word. Christ needs us. The invitation, the challenge of the ascension is to not just stay standing there. We can't stay standing anymore. We, have, we all have been given an ember, and Jesus wants each one of those embers to become a blazing fire. But Pentecost is about the fire of the Spirit that we're celebrating next week. Don't just stay standing there. God is with you, and God has given you. He's going to work with you and confirm his power through your words. All it takes is a very simple step of faith, a very humble step of faith like the apostles, who I'm sure were very unsure of themselves. No one's qualified for that, but God has promised to be with us. You celebrate the Feast of the Ascension today. May we not just stand there and take the step of faith to set the fire of his gospel at every corner of the world. Amen.